Immersive Irony Podcast yet again. We got a lot of Europe stuff to cover with my man Alex joining me. What's going on, Alex? Hey, hey, uh, Joe might be at Horror Nights, but I, I'm trying to relive the weekend with my Ghostbusters cup with some yingling in it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, right? I did, I did not get a beverage of any kind again. But, you know. What the heck? Every time I drink, no one else drinks. <laughs> you got to send me a text beforehand. I got to get at least like 15, 20 minutes worth of prep in. Like, and then I can think about like, well, let me go to the fridge and get something. I, all I have right now is moonshine in the fridge anyways. So. Oh, no, that's not good on a weekday. No, not really. Every once in a while, though, it helps you get to sleep. So um, just depends. You don't, need, you don't need to prep Joe, though. Joe's no, always ready. Yeah, Joe, Joe is pretty much... He's on call. He's whenever the 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 beeper goes off, he knows it's time, and uh, Joe Joe heads to the fridge, where he is always prepared, always, always, always. Um, since the last time that we recorded, which was a couple days in our time, and last time you'll hear it, it's like it'll probably be a little while in the future when you hear this. Um, I guess we'll just briefly talk about this because it'll be amusing whenever it is the news comes out. Uh, about whatever it is ends up happening between Six Flags and Cedar Fair with the uh, the, the story that broke in uh, Reuters about Six Flags pursuing a takeover of the company. Um, you know, my first thought was it kind of reminds me of, you know, it reminds everybody of the same thing, but when Premier Parks uh, looked to purchase Six Flags over Texas and wound up buying the whole chain, um, similar situation with Cedar Fair, where Cedar Point, where Cedar Fair was interested in Kings Island and ended up having to buy the entire chain from Paramount. Um, you know, one of those worked out better than the other, and so as a result, we kind of talk about the one that succeeded versus the one that failed. Um, you know, my thoughts on it. I've, I've said some things on Twitter. You know, if it comes down to it, if that actually happens, I'm, I'm. Not excited. Um, I don't think it necessarily will be bad, but it, I have a tougher time seeing it be good than I do it going badly to some degree. Not necessarily in like stuff's going to go bankrupt way, but just like parks won't be as good um, kind of way. And Alex, any quick thoughts from you about this? potential non-story that will go nowhere or could be a massive one let's hope it goes nowhere um well they, they, that's the start right there right um yeah all right so pros one season pass that's cheaper that that's maybe that's it maybe okay well one season pass probably um yeah probably bump it up a little bit uh because i don't know I think I think if they get in the position of of they own everything, like they don't have like they'll probably have kind of a similar deal as to now where they have like the gold pass is your standard type of thing that comes with the pass you know the parking and whatnot for eighty dollars or whatever for these different places. That's what Cedar Point just rolled out with, and that increased attendance a ton. And then they'll have like what their diamond level type stuff is, like their you know their upper echelons where you. You'll you'll actually get to go to all the parks. Those passes will will be kind of equivalent to what Cedar Fair passes are now, if not more. 
because I think at that point, like, what else? There won't be any other chain really to bypass this for. Seas, maybe, but they don't have that many parks. And then Hershen doesn't really do, do passes. You get a no, discount. It, yeah, you get 50% off other pa- parks. That's it. Um, so it's kind of like, well, where else are you going to go? Like, you know, like, and not, not that that's like necessarily playing into a lot of people's decisions about buying platinum passes or uh, gold passes from Six Flags or whatever, but um, I think from their perspective, Six Flags is, is really into getting visitation over getting, uh, like, the cost of, like, the gate entry up, I guess is the way I'd put it. They're more interested in getting you in the gate to spend money once you're there, and that's worked for them, and Cedar Fair basically copied it. So they do the same exact things that Six Flags does to a degree. Yeah, like the the dining plan, like a year afterwards, they... They responded with it. Drink yeah. cups as well. Yeah, so... Exactly. So I don't think... Like, honestly, I don't think they're that different anymore. I know that people believe that, but I don't really believe it as much. I think there's aesthetic differences that are definitely different. Like, you don't see the kind of wraps on trains that you do at Six Flags over at Cedar Fair Parks. You don't have half-assed, let's just name a ride something without any theming. Right. Uh, IP. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, there's a whole lot of parks like, you know, and we'll we'll single out here with, uh, let's use Valley Fair, where Valley Fair doesn't even pretend to be a theme park. Like, it has, there's there's no theme at all. Like, there's no theme, none. Uh, it, it's pretty much straight amusement park. So, I I think that... There's a possibility, and I know that Cedar Fair is pushing to have more immersive type experiences, regardless of what happens with uh, the Forbidden Island experiment this year at Cedar Point. And they have a lot of experience with it from Knott's. So, you know, maybe that knowledge combined with what Six Flags does have in immersive or in, in actual intellectual properties available to them with DC Comics and with the Looney Tunes and some other stuff, maybe that would work out. I, but I kind of... Ex- it's kind of like you, you have to worry about it being the worst of both worlds, where you get, you know, kind of a reduction in the quality of operations and upkeep that you kind of expect from Six Flags, combined with the mind-numbingly bad policies of Cedar Fair, where everything closes down when it rains, nothing runs for Winterfest, and when, it, when it's dead, no re-rides at most parts. Yeah, there's no re-rides and seatbelts on literally everything. Oh my god, I yeah. Mean, everything. I'm surprised so, Avalanche has never got a seatbelt. Like, <laughs> that's so they, weird. They, they may have forgotten. Uh, there's <laughs> a lot of rides. They may, oh, like, god. the maintenance people may be, may be trying to intentionally hide that one from insurance. And yeah, risk yeah. Management. No, yeah. I, like, in a, in a best-case scenario, what we end up with is... You know, uh, a Six Flags that kind of identifies different parks, like Knott's as being kind of the super version of Frontier City and is able to port things over that worked at Knott's to a place like Frontier City or like the Great Escape and even bigger parks like Six Flags over Texas, um, you know, is able to increase the overall quality of things like food and beverage offerings, uh, you know, while the other parks 
the, the sort of classic Cedar Fair parks get their their operations back in order to be at a at a I don't hate to say a higher standard. It's actually a lower standard, I guess technically, but to a better operating you know functionality for people that are actually going in the park and maybe get more indoor rides and get you know better winter stuff. Um, it, it's hit or miss, I'd say, with operations at both chains. Uh, yeah, um, they're not per- it, like uh, Cedar Point. I'm going to this weekend for the first time. I totally um, compare the two of them. Like they are exactly on the same level for me, more or less. Yeah, yes, I agree. There's because uh, uh, like it's not perfect, and it's just not Cedar Point that can have those bad days. But um, it, it uh, what I'm more worried about is the additions. Yes, this would be very good for the smaller Cedar Fair parks, which they just pretended they don't own. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist, like Worlds of Fun and stuff like that. Yeah, Michigan's and uh, to an extent Dorney. Um, but uh, then I'm worried about the additions to the major parks because they don't do forget about having ever getting another Giga. Yeah, but I mean, like I guess you know the the flip side to it is like. What parks will need a Giga that won't have one after Kings Island builds one? Not. That's it. So, I I don't know. Like I'm 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 kind of with you. Somebody made the the question to me like, would you prefer that Michigan's Adventure got something, you know, better than what they did for the next couple years, the next few years, or would you rather get Orion? And I'd rather get Orion, even though it's not, you know closer as close to me as michigan's adventure is because michigan's adventure no matter what you're kind of putting lipstick on a pig like there's not much you can do to it to make it that much better but orion is at least going to be a really good ride it won't be the best ride but it's gonna be really good so i'd rather get one really good ride than a bunch of mediocre rides i don't really care about is kind of my attitude yeah, but, uh, and then we've got to talk about events here. Um, Cedar Fair does haunt way better, and they don't charge for the freaking houses. Um, yes, well, yes and no. Because mm-hmm. they, they do at Canada's Wonderland. It's a whole separate ticket. All and right, I say... true. Uh, also Great America and Carowinds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm talking about if it's included in admission, you know. Um, right. Why those three parks do it? I, I get why Knotts does it because of the market it's in, uh, but uh, Carowinds I never got or whatever. That, that's the way it's always been. But I, I'm just saying if it's a you know it, it's it, you know it's uh, if you're at the park it's included. Um, yeah, where Six Flags you have to buy the band and it's an it's an extra thing. And the quality of the haunts are not nearly as good. Yeah, I mean. That is, that's kind of the big thing, I think, with Six Flags thus far, is, like, their their capital expenditures are usually a lot lower every year. But I think, again, you know, this is one of those things where there's a lot of people that, you know, that, that don't like Six Flags from what Six Flags was 20 years ago and haven't been to it in 15 years, but still have yeah. an opinion on the internet, like everybody on Coaster and, Buzz. And Good the, example. The, 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 abs, the ads are still there, but they have... They have toned it down a little bit it's it's not nearly as bad as it was we don't have a stride gum wrap on el toro anymore um you know i mean the truth is you know first of all like old amusement parks used to do that too number one uh number two you know a park like cedar point 
honestly, like if the Gemini had like a Diet Pepsi and Pepsi train on the coaster, like I wouldn't care. What matters to me is that <laughs> that the ride would run because they'd have an advertising rep on it, right? right? And they'd have to show both sides because the company would be paying for it. So I, I look at it from that perspective. Like, I, I agree with you that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that Six Flags kind of does that you're just like, oh, really, that? But at the same time, I look at what Cedar Fair does and the choices of rides that they get rid of. Steel Soul Vortex about to go away. I, I feel don't like Six Flags we... would not have gotten rid of that ride. No, hell no. So, and maybe this happens really quickly, they could reverse that. But yeah, and then we end up, or they at least like move it somewhere. You know, not that I can think of anywhere it really belongs other than Kings Island. But um... I think everyone would love a Blue Hawk treatment on that thing. Yeah, to make it rideable again, absolutely. That um, would make it better than most B and M's. So I just think, like I said, I just think that you know. It, we all kind of immediately go to the dark place on this. And and even for me, I got to admit, you know, as, as someone who says good things about Six Flags, has even said sometimes they like Six Flags operations a little bit more than Cedar Fairs at times yeah. in last recent years. It's Like I said, it's pretty hit or miss. But for the most part, I've had nothing but hits at Six Flags. And um, I mean, I've heard some people have some really bad... Uh experiences at fiesta or discovery kingdom but this year i mean i haven't other than uh six flags over georgia's asinine rain policy um that's the only issue i've had at six flags this year that i can really think of that stands out um sometimes I mean, I feel my... like i'm a little immune to it at great adventure because it's like okay whatever just go on to something else but but no, it's we were there on Saturday. It was packed, and it still we still had a wonderful time. And you know, the ops were fine. So I mean, I've had I've had plenty of like like I said, this is only my second trip to Zero Point this year. I've only gone once in June. I had a great time, but I also you know me and the people I was with, we noticed very quickly that operations, both you know rides, foods, all of it was really subpar. Um. So if that's happening at Cedar Point, you know, I've seen Michigan's Adventures never had particularly good operations. Kings Island was good this year, but limited time I was there. It definitely seemed to be, you know, everything was kind of humming right along, you know. And I've had I had positive experiences at Carowinds and Worlds of Fun and Valley Fair, uh, but you know, some of those parks, it's like, you know, what what can I really say about Valley Fair? I I don't even know if there was, you know, a line of human beings waiting you know, for High Roller when I went on it. Like, I remember pretty much walking on. It may have had two trains. Probably just had one on. I mean, for the most part, the, the parks I've been going to this year have been dead uh, from Cedar Fair and much more, much busier for Six Flags. So, you know, obviously very anecdotal evidence, um, but that's, I guess that's my perception of it. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 really do not want this to happen. The major thing no. that comes to my mind is I don't want 30 parks that all look the same. No, and it, uh, the, the last positive before I do a little bit more comparison uh, is uh, the last positive is Winterfest would be better. Yeah, it would be much better if it was Six Flags. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they run more coasters. Um, but more. Uh, there's a lot of issues with this actually happening. First of all, um, Six Flags is doing fine, but they still have a tremendous amount of debt. 
Well, so does so does Cedar Fair. I, the, the thing right. is, so so here are the two main things that people come up with. One uh, is that it's it's potentially an antitrust issue because they have so much you know influence on the market. Um, they don't just they really do not have as much as people think that they do. They they have three markets where they would be you know kind of competing against themselves because they have so many parks, which would be Northern California, Southern California. And that Pennsylvania, New Jersey region, and and DC, Richmond. yeah, 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 with uh, Six Flags America and and you know Kings Dominion, but in all of those cases, you can point at least one competitor, Northern California with Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, Southern California, those two parks together don't even equal probably one of Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, much less Disneyland, so it, it's kind of irrelevant there. And then, obviously, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the number of parks you have that are competitors is enormous. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Six Flags America and King's Dominion combined did not have Busch Gardens, Williamsburg's attendance. So, certainly not, you know, Hershey Parks. So, I just, I, I look at that situation, I think, like, that doesn't really matter. The debt thing is this. Everybody talks about how bad debt is. Debt's not that bad. And I'm going to give you an example. Okay? Lots of people have way more debt than their income. Like, probably the majority of homeowners in America are in that boat. The fact of the matter is, when you buy a home, it is potentially an asset. It can be a liability, too. But it's a thing that you can sell and get money for. Um... All the parks that Six Flags would be acquiring with whatever financing they get would be parks that make money. And a good number of them sit on top of valuable land. So no matter what, even you know, even with a little bit of an economic downturn, those parks are not really they're not in situations where like, you know, if if there's a, a recession or just a stagnant economy for the next ten years. You know, Carowinds is still the only theme park that's going to be in Charlotte. That's not going to change. Um, at that point, Six Flags will pretty much control Texas because they'll have Schlitterbahn, uh, you know, a couple of other water parks in addition to Six Flags over Texas and Fiesta. You know, they just have SeaWorld basically as competition, some indep independent water parks. Um, you know, they're they're going to be in a position where they're going to have things that they can sell. It's not like when they bought Six Flags and they were Premier Parks before, and then they bought all these other parks and then invested $100 million to bring Riverside Park or Wild World, Adventure World, whatever it was called then, Darien Lake, etc., up to par. Like, they're not doing that. Uh, which is also in the whole, like, they're not going to build B&Ms anymore because they just don't do that. So the fact that there would be debt, unless there's really onerous terms to the debt, it doesn't matter. Because the parks print money. As long as they print money, they'll be profitable. And they'll do fine. Because then they'll be able to pay the service to the debt. And the debt will be long-term debt. Uh, or possibly even, you know, individual investors that buy shares. So... You know, I'm not sure how that's structured. 
Nobody really is because we haven't seen the offer sheet yet, but I don't see either one as really being a concern. It doesn't really matter. Cedar Fair was was probably a smaller corporation in terms of its market cap than the Paramount Parks that it bought when it bought them all from Paramount. It borrowed all the money, and they have a bunch of long-term debt, and the company is smaller than Six Flags, but they're still there. Like Nobody sits there and wonders if Cedar Fair is going to go under because the parks make money. So as long as you make more money than the debt that you have to service, you're fine. And that's that's all I'm trying to say with the debt thing. People worry about like, well, they have what well, if they have four billion dollars worth of debt? Well, look, like you can have a million dollars worth of debt as a human being and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. But if you have a house that's worth three million dollars that you're paying, you know, that one million dollars in in debt towards, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Because you have an asset that's worth more than the debt. Anyways. That's just just a quick reminder to everybody, debt is not automatically evil. Just a necessity, especially everybody's going to have debt in this industry because they have to have rotating credit in order to pay cash for everything that's involved. So, I digress. Um, I, again, we don't even know if it's going to happen. If it happens, then, you know, hopefully it doesn't totally suck. And if it does, then you'll be, you know, listening to Alan and Alex... Uh, talk about hiking and fishing instead. It's always a legitimate possibility. <sighs> Anything else you want to add in about that? No, but we have breaking news. We do have breaking news. What happened? Uh, uh, a uh, Bush Gardens Wingberg fans has obtained a newly partial, newly filed partial site plan. What we now confirm to be Bush Garden Williamsburg's two tw- 2021 coaster. Uh, it's just a small piece of straight track, but it's definitely uh, right by the ravine, basically right on the other side of the ravine from where Pantheon is going. Um, it's kind of on the site of the old uh, Dragonfire. Yeah, it's. Uh, we still know the height's 355 feet. Can, can, can you imagine if Giga? Oh my god. Going... Going off the side of it, yeah. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. Wow. So. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. place to be in 21, then. Two gig- Can you yeah, imagine two, sure. two, two gigas within an hour of each other? That'd be pretty sweet. So. Probably in Timmins, yeah. Both of them, actually. So hopefully this one doesn't cause us all to black out. Um, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of like a B&M, but whatever. It's a Giga. Yeah, it's a Giga. I'm not going to... No matter what, I'm going to be excited about it. So, And it probably wouldn't have the stupid best restraints. It would have the more modern restraint. Because so. they haven't used that. They haven't built one of those best restraints in a, quite a while, right? Not really, no. I mean, the, the more modern bars, and they kind of fix the bars after... Guy rush, or at least the rides haven't been so severe as to test it. Yeah, I, mean, I just cannot believe. I don't know. I don't know how those are so bad, and how Terrans are so good. It just, <laughs> it just is. It just yeah, is. It's messed up. But we'll talk about that on the next podcast. Yes. So, All right, should let's I... get into this. Yes, you went yes. south this past week. I went south. Yes, I did. Alan goes south. Uh, Alan goes south again. Oh, that's, that didn't um, sound good. 
<laughs> no, no, that's okay. Um, oh boy. So, um, you know, obviously we we did the we talked about the Oklahoma City trip in the last one. So I flew down to Atlanta. Um, and, you know, in the planning for the trip, my initial plan was always to try and basically knock out everything in the Atlanta area on Saturday. And then I just kind of came to the realization, like, if I arrive on Friday night and I'm able to get to my rental car in, in time and all the rest of it, I should be able to get in a couple hours at Six Flags over Georgia that night, at least an hour and a half, and probably do the stuff that's new to me. That's that's what I was there for. Um, and if I got anything else, it was a nice bonus, but basically that's what I was going to concentrate on. Uh, that's exactly what I did. Um, no delays with my flights, got in right on time. Got my rental car very quickly, made my way over to the park, um, got inside the gate by about 10.10, and immediately dropped my stuff off in a locker because they definitely want you to use lockers over at Wicked Cyclone or whatever. Is it Twisted? It's Twisted Cyclone there, isn't it? Yeah, they weren't making you do that uh, in April? Yeah, they were. It was no loose articles. Uh, on in the station. Nothing. Well, considering our first uh, on our we were on this first or second train, and some lady uh, claimed that her cell phone flew out of her closed jacket pocket. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I, I'm fine. I, like I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. At least I'm not going to worry about it. It was a dollar. Yeah, it's not like Cedar Fair where they 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 rob you of two dollars. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, two dollars or twelve dollars all day. Um. So, you know, I could deal with the dollar. Um, left my stuff in there, jumped in line. I sat in the front car of the, uh, or the front row of the back car for my first ride. Uh, I did end up coming back again at the end of the night. I'll just go ahead and spoil that right away, rather than do, like, the itinerary narrative version. And I sat in the second car uh, when I re-rode. Yep. Um, you know, this is, I ended up doing it, I think it's my 11th RMC that I've been on. Uh, is what it turned out to be, which seemed like a surprisingly large number to me. But that, you know, is that the final one you needed? That was uh, not a Raptor. In the um, United States. In the United States, yes, yes. No, no, no. I haven't been on Joker. I've not been on Joker. Ah, Joker. Okay. Um, I really like it. I really, really like it. And I agree. I, I. I hate to say this because I know that this is controversial, but I like it more than Twisted Timbers. Yeah, it is controversial. <laughs> I just I think Twisted Timbers is almost like too linear. I know it's a longer ride. I know it does a little bit more. I just I like the way that that this ride flows. It has a normal straight first drop, and then it goes into Crazy Land pretty much immediately. With that, like you go up, you barrel roll kind of into the the turnaround, and then you come out of it, you, you barrel roll down that drop. Um, yeah, I really like just, that setup. There's there, there's a lot of good elements on that ride. Uh, the way they worked in the inversions on that thing is fantastic. I, I was surprised by how much I was going to like it. Um, I was hopeful that it was going to be good. I like, you know, the zero G roll. Like... That that kind of uh, I don't know what you want to call it that stall sort of thing where it's um, you know you're basically just perpendicular to the ground. Oh, the wave turn. 
Yeah, the wave turn. Um, that's that's kind of in the old cyclone middle hill portion. Um, I, I thought that was great. I mean, I liked every single element on this ride. I thought the head choppers all worked really well. Um, it ended hot. I really appreciated that. The only thing I would have changed on this coaster, aside from the length, is uh, that last turnaround in the structure. I would have done that. Uh, I would have, uh, instead of making an overbank, I would have done what um, Twisted Timbers does underneath the lift hill, the, you know, bank out really quickly and then bank the other way, return yeah, the other way. Yeah, yeah I yeah, can yeah. see that. But, I mean, like, it's, you know, you're going with pretty minor. Yeah, minor yeah, it, it's a really good layout. It, again, but you, you can't deny that it's it's short it's short but you know what i'm fine with the the length 2400 feet you know it does what it needs to do it ends hot it doesn't to me it doesn't really i don't feel like i'm missing anything true like, true if, if you thought of it if, if, with the height that they already increased it to if they had added another run it would have been crawling yeah exactly like like i'm 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 happier with the ride coming to an end and being done uh, and and feeling like, you know, maybe another hill or two rather than having it been four or five more hills and then having to, like, go to those, like, storm chaser type, like, real small bunny hills to create airtime. Um, you know, I, I just, I think the layout was fine. I love the, the, the turnaround around the station where it's like an overbank into you know, the way it kind of drops off the overbank and into the drop afterwards, it's almost like a double down. Um, yeah, it just, I, I love the design on this. I, I really did. I was really impressed with it. Um, yeah, a big fan. Love the cars. Cars look great. Just a good ride. Just a very, very good ride. Um, you know, I don't want to say, like, to me... You know, there's not a lot of huge surprises that you're going to have. You're never going to go on something and be like, I can't believe that was the most incredible, you know, thing I've ever done. <clears throat> this was, um, this is about as close as you get to that these days for me, where, you know, you know, it's probably going to be pretty good. It ends up being very good. And, you know, that's great. Um, so like I said, I got two rides on that. The other thing that I rode while I was there was Justice League, because that, that was built since I was last there. Also, that was the last Justice League in the United States for me to ride. So the only one that's been built otherwise is the one over in Mexico. And then I will have been on all seven. Um, this one reminds me... I would love to see what the layouts you know, look like. I need to like sit down and watch all the POVs of them. The layout reminds me the closest, I'd say, of the Texas ride. But with improved video elements... Uh, in a couple spaces, like especially with uh, Lex Luthor, when you shoot him and all the robots around him, whereas it's that was a... What's up? It's literally identical to Great Adventure. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's copy-paste. I mean, it it's it feels... It's definitely shorter than Magic Mountains. It feels shorter than the Great Adventure, or Great America one, too. Okay, because I thought that one was the same too, because of the the building. It that could built. be. It could totally be the same. I mean, I like I said, that's why I want to look at the POVs and be like, okay. is this is my perception of this right, or is it completely off? Yeah, I thought Mexico, it, Great America, Great Adventure, and Over Georgia were all identical. I thought they were too, but I'm but, not. 
Now I'm not so sure. Like, I feel like after I wrote it, I'm like, it seems like the Joker scene comes up really early in this one, but I could be wrong. I could just be totally delusional and and just straight up wrong on that. So one of these days I'm going to watch all the POVs next to one another and be like, okay, you know, what kind of are the differences between them? And probably, probably even do like an article about them because I find them such fascinating rides. Um, I really wanted to do a bunch of other stuff at that park, but I didn't have time. Uh, the park was going to close. And I also had to get my stuff out because the park was going to close from the locker. And, you know, my thought process was if I really want to do it, I can do it tomorrow. Or I can just skip it and come back another time because this is my third time at Six Flags Over Georgia. So I'm sure I'll be back. Um, did not go back the next day because I had a lot of other stuff to do. Uh, Saturday morning, woke up, got a you know decent hour. Uh, got probably like seven hours sleep and jumped in the car and drove up to the North Georgia State Fair, which had free entry and rides for the first hour. Uh, I parked over in the south lot. That's awesome. Parked in the south lot, which meant that I walked in and immediately was able to go get in line. Uh, and I was in the second car out for the Wildcat, which you've been on, right? Didn't you go there? Oh, yeah. It's in great shape. Oh, that's beautiful. I'll I'll let you go ahead, but I'll point out things if you don't. I'll definitely point out things if you don't point them out. Go ahead. Schwarzkopf logos on the cars. That's what I was. And the German flag, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, everything. It's absolutely glistening with paint. Um, The ride operations crew on this ride, I'm pretty sure, is from the fair rather than um the the company that does the event which is Drew and the reason why I say that is they had shirts specific to the ride and also they completely did not follow the rules of what they should be doing as operations uh the family that was in front of me had a child that was like 6 inches too short uh-huh for a, for a 48 inch you know must be tall ride so they were like no nah, it's okay you can just have him sit on the inside of you uh Okay, no. So, not usually the best thing to do. Also, Drew, uh, as as I soon discovered, you know, there's a no single rider's rule on this coaster, as there is for everything else at the fair. Here, they didn't so much care. They just kind of let me go by myself into the front seat. Uh, the fairgrounds also didn't care that I was by myself in the sky ride. Uh, so, I don't think I remember having an issue with that either, because I remember I rode it one more time without my... Bu- no, I was with my buddies, so... We were three, a group of three, and never had a problem with single riders on. The, so, uh, anything. Yeah. So then, once once I got over to the actual carnival portion, uh, I waited in line for Seattle Wheel. Luckily, it was a short line. It was only about like seven, eight minutes. I walk on, sit down. He goes, "You're by yourself." I was like, "Yep." He's like, "You can't ride." He's like, "You can stand over there," and he points at the space in like the sun where it's ninety degrees. He goes, you can wait and see if somebody else shows up. I was like, nah, you know what? I'm going to pass. It was like 1040. So am I going to stand there for 20 minutes and hope that somebody shows up that's by themselves? Or like in too big of a group to fit in one of those huge bucket seats for the Seattle wheel? No. Well, Alan, I'll show up up for you some year, sometime. Yeah, some sometime just like we don't have to go there specifically now now it could just be anywhere that drew happens to be 
Oh no, I want to go places. ride that Wildcat again. <laughs> By the way, it's in great shape. It's running fantastic. I mean, for a ride that runs for what two weeks out of the year, I mean, it's yeah. like the paint job is amazing. The cars look amazing. They've they've modified it with uh, magnetic brakes, so it's like the smoothest Scorchkoff brakes ever. Um, it, yeah, it's it, it's ooh, so good. It's a it's really good. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, I did we not get... ride the uh, you know the the kitty coaster that was there, the wacky worm, because. Yeah, the no single a no single riders rule, which I've seen enforced on wacky worms in the past. B, it had an enormous line, and hmm. I just had the choice of like either I can wait forty minutes for this kitty coaster, or I can just try and make up credits somewhere else. And uh, I went for the make up credits somewhere else option, and I think that worked out just fine. Like I was targeting to get eight coasters on this trip, I got eight, so. It's tough to be mad. Like, if you get exactly what you're looking for, like, how can you be upset about that? That's kind of my attitude about it. Um, was it Yapin? The, the mouse? It might have been. I didn't. I didn't look closely enough at the sign. I would have if I actually, you know, decided I was going to go ahead and ride the stupid thing. Yeah, I don't think Justin and I. I don't think Jason and I squeezed in one row together, so I don't think we had a problem with that. So. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, like I said, I think it would be, I think it would be fun for sure, but I didn't need to, I didn't want to subject myself to that. I guess is the way I would put it, like I just didn't <laughs> feel like it. Um, I'm not saying that, that nobody can or nobody should, you know, do those things or or whatever. I just didn't feel like it. The Did end of not. the season, you're getting you're getting tired. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. I got so many other things to do on this trip. I got a lot of miles. Like I, once I kind of cleared out Six Flags, my thought process was: if I do everything that I want to out here, then I can get myself to Charlotte tonight and go to bed, or watch boxing until midnight and then go to bed. Um, you know, either way. But the big thing was to like try and get myself to Charlotte. That way, I didn't have to really drive very far the next day. And you know, that's what I was working towards, and that's you know, it worked out like. And I'm fine with that. Like, it, very comfortable with the way that that turned out, is the way I would put it. Um, so, so, anyway, so we have to go to, um, this is actually my third, this is my third attempt to go and ride the stuff at Fun Spot Atlanta. Uh, I tried in 2010, I think was my first trip down that way, and basically everything shut down because of a thunderstorm. Uh, same thing again in 2014. So I was here on my, you know, by myself on my own trip, and there were no thunderstorms, there was no lightning, there was no rain anywhere in the vicinity of Atlanta at the time. So... You know, this time it it, it was going to work out, and sure enough, it did. Um, so I'll point out. So at the North Georgia State Fair, I spent five dollars to park, and that's all I had to spend to go on the you know the two rides I went on, the Sky Ride and and the Wildcat. Um, 
Obviously, I bought food when I was there because they had barbecue and it sounded good, and it was. Uh, but that was the extent of my spending for rides was five dollars, you know, to to do the fare. When I went to the next location, Fun Spot, this Fun Spot in Atlanta actually charges to park, which I was shocked by. But it said free parking when I rolled up. There was nobody in the booth, like nobody had bothered to man it. Uh, then they sent someone out to man it like after I rolled up. And they start charging to park again, five dollars. So I went up. Usually, I, said, I don't know if it was, but like when it was, was it called Dixie Landing or Fun Junction? Yeah, it's, it had a few different. There was Fun Junction, I think, was the name. I forget for what it, I wrote time. it as. Um, uh, you had to pay for it, but then like it, it got discounted towards the price of tickets or, or wristband. Yeah, yeah, I, it was like. I don't know what the deal was with that either, but I just, you know, they didn't make me pay for it. Okay. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, walk up. How much is a ride on uh, on, on Screech and Eagle? No, well, it's five bucks. Okay, well, let me get five dollars. I didn't even realize that there was the the Python pit there. Somehow this had just totally, like, I must have looked at it before the Python pit was up and running and just never looked at this fun stuff listing again on on our cdb because i literally did not know until i was inside the park going oh wait a second there's something else there um anyways so yeah, it came from colorado I, yes it was at heritage uh square and before that it was at a bunch of jeepers none of which were ones i went to so it was a new to me on top of it so i was like oh man i gotta get Credit for that, maybe. Um, I say maybe because I so I go up to ride the coaster, and the guy's like, "Nah, don't even bother." He just let me ride it, and then I was like, "Okay." So I was like a free ride on Screaming Eagle in the front seat, and then because uh, there's nobody there, there were there were probably seven or eight people, actual guests in Fun Spot America. I saw some some birthday parties coming later, so I know it was going to fill fill up quote marks. Yeah. Um. So anyways, I wrote it. I was like, okay. Then I walked over to the to the kitty coaster because I still had five dollars worth of credit, and they didn't scan it there either. And I rode the kitty coaster, and I was like, well, let me try riding Screaming Eagle again. They let me ride it by myself in the back seat. So spent five dollars. Fun Spot America got on Screaming Eagle twice and the kitty coaster. Um, let, let me first talk about the park. Um. Man. I don't like to use the word ghetto. It has, <laughs> I feel like it has bad connotations. Uh, um, like it just, you know, it's one of those things I try to be more mindful of. Um, if you were to call a park ghetto, like this is kind of the classic park that would be called that. Um, park is not good, Alex. This is this is not a good park. Like this is a very bad park, actually. Um, it's not the employee's yeah, it's, fault. It's pretty hideous aesthetically. Uh, I believe it was like a man. It was like a former. Feels like it was like a former like wall or uh, not wall like a. Why can't I think of the word right now? Um, Home Depot. There we go. Duh, or something like the lines of that, and like they built part of it inside the old building and then they kind of just used the old parking lot 
without really removing the parking lot. It's like, it's one thing to sit there and be like, okay, this park is bad because there's nobody here or, you know, I don't like the rides as much or something. Like, this park aesthetically looks terrible. Like, it looks like it's in ruins. You get off of the of the Screaming Eagle and, you know, you notice it's right next to antique cars, except, like, all the metal is, like, twisted and, like, tore up or missing. But the, the car path is still there and some of the center rail still is. And there's some sort of tower-looking thing in the park and it's got all these really dusty, bad-looking uh, bumper cars that are, like, upside down in it, being stored, I guess you want to call them stored, in open air. It has a big new multi-level uh, uh, go-kart track that's right by the road. Um, so it has that going for it. Like, their their tower, which is used for the zip line, there's there's a whole canopy that, that's, you know, under it that was being used for, I guess, games booths, or maybe it was part of the antique car thing. And if you go on Google Maps and you look at pictures, you can see on the street view, you can see the antique cars, like where they were positioned and where this canopy is that I'm talking about. Because the the new go-kart track basically sits on top of that frontage antique car track where that was. Um, they just kind of plopped it on top of that. Uh, it doesn't look like the Screamin' Eagle has been painted since it was installed. Um, the python pit looks like a python pit. Some of the flat rides looked not operational. It just, it looked not good. It looked, it looked like a park that was struggling real bad. And the fact that there was nobody there made it look like it was struggling even harder. So... I mean, I'd love to sit here and say really positive things about Fun Spot America and Atlanta, but I can't. Like, it's it's really far from that. Um, permanent Carnival does not begin to properly state what this park looks like. It's an insult to permanent carnivals, I would go so far as to say. Um, anyway, so I did that. It has a lot of potential, though, because if you look... Behind, uh, they have a lot of land. Um, no, they they do. I mean, I think I don't know what the location. It's not too far from the airport. Uh, Mister from the airport. You know, it's kind of on the southish, south like west side of Atlanta. It's pretty empty out there, to be honest. Like, there's not a lot of stuff. Uh, the biggest thing that you're going to see when you drive out that way is going to be the house that belongs to now Rick Ross. It used to be Evander Holyfield's home, and it's massive. I mean, it's impossible to miss, and it's on a major – it's on 279, and, you know, you can look at it from space, and it's the biggest estate imaginable. It was one of the largest private homes when it was built, and it's it's kind of wild to see out there it's, Chilling in in what's otherwise looks like just suburban anywhere. I mean, there's yeah. Is there is there a possibility that they could do something with it? Sure, but it's I don't know. 
I just I don't know that that anybody wants to go specifically there. I just I was was I like to very confused why they bought this place. I'm sure it was cheap, and they figured that they could do something with it because Atlanta is a, a nearby market and it would be easy to get back and forth. That's what I got for you. That's as best as I've got. Well, at the very least, they saved the Viking Voyage, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Which they okay. seem to they're going to do a switcheroo since the Jackrabbit is way smaller. Or yeah, I know that, that you know, that's going to get swapped yeah. out. and I mean, I, you know, I look forward to that, I guess. Whatever they decide to do it, like I'm fine and, and prepared for such things. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think just... everyone hopes eventually they'll build a Woody. So, but uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to go to this park and look at it and think to yourself, like, you know, this is a park that's going to make it and do great. Hmm. Like, it's really difficult for me to do that when I see it. I'm like, don't know about this one, guys. It's got that. You might be. <sighs> <laughs> the renovations it needs are huge, basically. <laughs> yes, um, they are. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so I did that part. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, I was hoping for a lot of good things from them, and they seem to be adding rides, but they need to focus on the aesthetics on it. Uh, not that the other fun spot parks are particularly beautiful, but they're not this. Um, so yes, yeah, place this is a dump. To dump it looks bad like if this is if you think that you can promote this to people in atlanta when they have six flags over georgia like i don't care what orlando people say about six flags over georgia or or anybody you know those people like that's actually a good park this is this is horrendous like this is the first thing that came into my mind was like the really bad park i went to in oman that i thought i was going to die on the wacky worm like that's that was the kind of level of park. Like it was Maraland esque levels of decay and sadness. Or like Lakeside Park in Denver now. You know, Whalem Park nineteen ninety nine type like this or nine two thousand actually was worse. Um Williams Grove, you know, it's that kind of level oh, come of just on, it like that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm dead serious. No, I'm not joking. No, like, not it, that bad. I was there, man. This is this is fresh in my memory. It was just days ago. Like I was like, this is this is a sight. Um. Anyways, so then anyways, you went to so a that, FEC. Yeah, headed up to uh, I think it's Lithonia where Fun Excess is. It's a small FEC. It's got a trampoline park. Um has some VR setups in there. It's got lots of party rooms, some ticket redemption games. Most importantly, it has an SBF Visa figure eight spinning coaster that I got to ride around three times on. Oh, one other note, one thing that is positive in the Fun Spot Atlanta column, when I rode the Python pit, I was like, look, thanks for letting me ride. If you want, just send it around once. They're like, you sure? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% certain that I only need one time around on this Python pit. And they did. I like thank you very much. 
I'm great. I'm done. That was that. Um, can't say the same thing about this coaster. They ran it, you know, eight times in a row or whatever. Well, it's pre-programmed, uh, I believe, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no matter what, it's fine. Like, I wrote it. It was fun. Um, I was in and out well, of there in 15 minutes. So. You know you were screaming for joy inside because you were riding it. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the FCS Vista spinner. Come on. Yeah. So I got on that, which was cool. Um, so now we're up to, uh, let's see, we've got one, two, three, four, five credits for the trip. So I needed one more on the day to get me to my sort of my ideal of eight for the weekend. So at that point, I started driving towards Helen, Georgia, which is where the Georgia Mountain Coaster is located. And I got off in the town of Gainesville, Georgia. And I did that because I saw a sign for, this uh, this chain called the Cookout, which I've heard good things about. And basically, you get a whole tray of food. You get, like, a burger. You can get, like, a, a double burger. And you get two sides. You can get, like, coleslaw. You can get cheese curds. You can get fries, onion rings, a small salad, a bunch of different stuff. You get two sides and then a beverage for, like, $5. Very reasonably priced. And pretty decent food. I would compare... The burger reminded me, actually of uh, Whataburger in Texas. Not as big, not as physically large, but very similar tasting burger. Um, I did miss out, uh, though I saw the a note for it for the, something that, you know, it says it was the poultry capital of the world, um, which I felt kind of bad about because my, my friend Will and I, for years, have been taking pictures of ourselves with gigantic chickens. Um... That sounds like a very strange thing to do, but basically we were drunk in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania one day, and as we simply stood on a sidewalk at 1 o'clock in the morning, this curtain ascended, because we were debating what to do the next, and there's like a, the State Science Center or whatever in Harrisburg, right in downtown, has this like 30 foot tall chicken inside of it, and so the curtain picked up and we could see the chicken. And we were like, I guess that's what we're doing tomorrow, the big, big chicken. Um, I don't know if there was actually a chicken statue. I'm actually going to Google that now. Uh, oh, there was a chicken statue. So I missed the chicken statue, and I'm very sorry to Will, who will never hear this. Um, but what I did see was a advertisement at the cookout informing me that I, had, I could get $5 off an all-day wristband at Modern Midway's Fall Carnival at the mall. I Googled and I saw that modern, modern modern Midways had roller coasters. And I thought, my God, I might get something out of this. So I drove over there to this mall in Gainesville. And sure enough, what do we have but one of these fantastic Czech-built, brand-new roller coasters? Uh, you would run of these recently. forget which... Which company did you write it with? Um, I wrote it in Salem, Virginia, and I wrote it with. I wrote it with. <laughs> I wrote it with. I'm stalling for time here. Everybody's trying to figure out what it is. I'm also trying to look up the name of the company because I can't oh, remember Dollinger. off the top of my head. Dollinger. Dollinger Rides, okay. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Modern Midway their, their lineup pretty recently. Yeah, it looks like they added it last year. I mean, you know, I'm not expecting a lot out of. I think it was called Dragonflyer was the name of it. Um, it was fun. What are you talking about? It's not bad though. It's it kind of goes like it does like it, it's a double launch ride, right? Like because it goes <laughs> backwards first to get some some momentum going to actually launch you the rest of the way. And um, honestly, I've been on way worse things than this. Um, I guess it, whatever the name is, it translates to Fun Rides Tech. Um, and I, I knew that they had sold a few rides. I, I did get this added to Coaster Count. Um, I, honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was a pretty fun little ride. I know that this ride was also the, the this was like the display model that they brought to Gibtown this year that they sold a bunch of carnies on. I I bet they'll sell a whole bunch more this year. So I'm sure it being check built is probably really cheap and has a nice modern looking control panel. Yeah, was it uh when we wrote ours, all it had was a touch screen and a e stop button. Yeah, it was pretty much yeah, very, very similar. It was like a flat screen little monitor type thing and Honestly, not a bad ride. Uh, I was I was quite impressed. So, you know, I've been on far worse things, and I was happy with it. Uh, the lap bars were kind of an interesting setup, but, like, again, it, it was fine. Like, it was a fine ride, and happy to have gone on it. Um, again, that stop was like a 10-minute stop. You know, buy your ticket from a guy with an NRA hat. Uh the carny looks at you and kind of chuckles because you're an adult riding the kitty coaster, but then, you know, his glasses are all messed up because he's a carny and, you know, you sit, you do your thing and you leave. And that's that. Uh, they had a couple other interesting kind of looking flat rides out there, but I didn't bother riding any of them because it was just, it was in and out for that. So did that and then headed up to Georgia mountain coaster. When I got there, uh, they were putting out a sign that said it was closed for weather. It turned out that there was thunder in the area. Uh, AccuWeather agreed with this. It very recently opened. They're not done building the entrance. The parking lot is all gravel, as is the entryway off off this very hilly road. There's a lot of traffic in this town. Helen, Georgia is basically like Gatlinburg, too. Um, like, yeah, if you can't make it to Gatlinburg, just go to Helen instead. From what I understand is they they set out to create a tourist destination, and they picked a German theme. Yes, it's exactly what happened. And it's it looks nice. It's in a nice area. I mean, it looks pretty. There's mountains, there's trees. You know, you can go fish. I mean, it, it's basically Gatlinburg. You know, yeah, it's not I, as heavily done up as Gatlinburg, but it's it's basically that's what it is. I would like to spend a half a day there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's not I'm not that bummed that I left without writing it because I just know I'll be back and I'll spend more time there. And get something yeah. out of it. And the coaster yeah. that's a moving target's a lot better to get. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier for me to to lock it down and do this again, you know, and combine it with something like Dollywood, for example. Because um, this is kind of out of the way. It's about three hours away from Atlanta and three hours away from Charlotte. Uh, so it's kind of out there, but it's not quite as far from the rest of the Smoky Mountains area, if that makes sense. So, again, under those 
circumstances, like, I'm fine with it. Like, I can deal with the fact that, you know, this didn't quite work out this time. Uh, and, you know, maybe I'll go do it another time in a, in a different status. And it's it's also a ride that because it's a mon coaster, it'll probably be open in the winter. So there you go. It, might, it might be something you can go do in February when yeah, nothing it was weird. else is weird. They, they were trying to build it forever and get approval and all that stuff. And I thought, like, at some point, because they, I think, I think it was first on RCB, the RCDB, like... Like 2017, maybe, maybe 16. If I remember correctly, I think I think part of the story with this too was that they had to like take a whole bunch of people from the town council to somewhere else that had a mountain coaster and have them ride it to see that like there was no sound. Yeah, be like, dude, guys, this is quiet. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll that was fine. that was the main complaint was the possibility of noise, and obviously yeah. that didn't happen. Um, but uh, yeah, and then like. Then all of a sudden there was a news article that was open, and then all of a sudden my friends from Chattanooga were like, "We're here, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're ridden it." Yeah, my friend from yeah, Chattanooga just... was probably one of the first ones to ride it. So, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a, it'll probably be fun, you know. But I've been on lots of mountain coasters. Um, I can live. I I can deal without getting on this one for right now. So, anyways, that didn't happen. So. Uh, after that, got in the car, drove about three hours, and got myself to where I needed to go for the rest of the trip, which was Charlotte. Um, um, stayed in Pineville, about ten minutes away from Carowinds. Went to a place called uh, Middle Something Brewing, um, which was Middle James Brewing, uh, which was at the request of... Mike, aka Super Weenie Hut Jr., and uh, yeah, it was good. Like it was nice to get out and do something slightly different. So, let's talk about Carowinds. Got to Carowinds at opening the next day. Made up with, uh, with Mike. Also Nate, who is Nate Creative on Twitter, another Diz Twitter ish guy. And we did, uh, we basically did all the big stuff that I wanted to get done while I was there. Uh, you know, the park was dead. Like, there was, there was, there were no lines. It was a walk-on for pretty much everything at all times. Well, that's what happens on Sunday just, morning. Just not, yeah, it just, no, well, it was, it was like that way when we were leaving the park at, you know, five o'clock, too. Oh, I mean, okay. it just never, it never picked up at all. Um, I met them back at Copperhead because I figured, you know, if there's a possibility that something's going to pick up a line, it's going to be this because it's new and it has lower capacity than Fury does. And that really wasn't a concern. I mean, this will tell you how dead it was. We got in the front seat, you know, the line for the front seat was just open and we rode it. And then we got back to the station, and there was nobody sitting there, and they actually sent it back around without having us move or anything. Like, we got a re-ride in the front seat. Period. Like, that just doesn't happen. Uh, we got, like, I think we got five rides altogether on it, what I ended up counting up to. I know we've talked about this ride, you know, from your, your standpoint. I kind of knew what I was expecting, so I've been on some of the mocks already. Um, the launch isn't very intense. The theming 
<laughs> I think there's a couple elements that weren't working in there, but for the most part, I think stuff was. Being honest, really good ride. Great airtime. Like, really, really good airtime on a lot of hills. Um, you know, the, the inversions are pretty much all about hang time. I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe it's not a top five coaster, you know, whatever whatever that would be now, but it's certainly a very good ride. And... You know, I I would have to say it's it's probably my second favorite at that park. You know, behind uh, behind Fury, but probably a, a, even ahead of a t Intimidator because it does so many things that you know obviously Intimidator doesn't do. I think it ends pretty hot. It has a has good pacing. Like the the seats are very comfortable. It's just, it's a good ride, and I have, again, I have nothing negative or bad to say about it whatsoever. It's, it does everything you pretty much want it to do with that amount of space. The one thing that I think maybe they could have added would have been some, some fences or some objects to try and give it, you know, some, some closer calls when you're doing some of the low-to-the-ground stuff. That's it. I mean, aside from that, it's an above-average, you know, attempt at theming. Um, it's, you know, it's somewhere between Six Flags and Hershen, which is exactly what you expect from Cedar Fair, but it's a good ride. Um, I don't know, any anything that you want to add to that opinion of it, I suppose? Um, when we wrote it, uh, it was cold, it was kind of rainy, and we felt the second half was really sluggish. Was it, did you feel the same way, or, um, like the helix no, portion and all that stuff felt really sluggish. No. We, were, we were hoping to ride more, but then the park closed, you know, remember it closed like, what, four, five, six hours early? I forget, it was stupid, ridiculous. I so. honestly did not feel that way about it. You know, no. I, I would readily admit if that were the case, you know, I'm not. I'm not here to protect anybody. So, just, what did you yeah. think of my number two coaster? Steel coaster. Number two steel coaster. So, Fury, I got, you know, definitely a few rides on it. Um, you know, I don't rate coasters, because I think it's really difficult to do that. I don't either. I've told you how I rate them. It's like, once I find something that I think is amazing, I, I say number one. And then I've had three number ones, <laughs> so the list just keeps on kind of gradually increasing. But I'm not going to sit there and think about uh, a top 25 or some crap like that. It just whatever so like, finally it, overtakes it, something. So If I look at, like, there's, like, the three steel coasters I like the most, which are Magnum, uh, Sky Rush, and Steel Vengeance. And, you know, obviously this is not going to do any of the crazy stuff that Steel Vengeance or... Um, Skyrush do. So then you got it against like Magnum and I don't know that I put above Magnum either, but it at least is in the conversation, which is a lo not a lot of rides would get into that conversation because it does do a lot of really awesome things. Um, 
it's easily a better ride than Millennium Force. I mean, that's not even thank you. Up, that's not even up for debate. So it's, you're number one Giga then? Yeah. Okay. And in the in the limited framework of what I've got, which is the same limited framework that almost everybody's working with, except maybe Steel Dragon 2000 in that mix. Yeah, because I mean. Yeah, and if you want to go with like coasters over 250 feet, you know, again, it's probably probably number one because, again, look at the competition. Like, it's definitely like better than, than Shambhala. Okay, that's, that's about what I was going to ask you. All right, it's, it's it's better than like I I don't know if it's better than Fujiyama, but I would guess it probably is. I don't know yeah, that thing looks really quirky good. and weird, and I want to ride it for those reasons, but I don't think it's going to hit my top. 25 even but like you know again shambhala it's definitely better than that it's definitely better than thunder dolphin i mean practically everything is better than in the hyper categories better than thunder dolphin and goliath um, uh yeah well texas titan and goliath are both better than thunder dolphin i mean again that's not come on thunder dolphin can't be that bad but you like thunder dolphin or you like titan and goliath a little bit more than i do i believe so. I was really surprised by how much I liked Titan when I wrote it last time. I think and, they're both garbage. And Goliath, I'm I'm just okay with. But Thunder Dolphin is Thunder Dolphin is the combination of short, doesn't do anything force wise, from the company that only does force things. Um, it has cool visuals. Yeah, that's setting though. Like you have to add that into its into its uh, consideration if, though. If you're going right? to add in the setting, then you got to put in the operations, which are the single worst <laughs> of any ride on the face. Of the you screen. know, honestly, it sounds so bad that I think I would find it amusing. <laughs> I was I was hoping I was going to as well, <laughs> but like eventually, you just start being like. Like, stop asking. Like, yeah, I haven't. I'm fine health wise. Thumbs up. And then, like, you know, they're like sitting there inspecting your glasses strap on your head. Like, <laughs> they had to remove your glasses strap and put on a Thunder Dolphin approved glasses strap. That was the best. I just, I've never. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about like the whole process. <laughs> and then the like bag thing, minutes. the beach bag thing for uh back for, on. For back on. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and for the record, there was another guy, there's another American guy that just went over to Japan. He knows a lot more of the Japanese coast enthusiasts than I do, uh, named Chris. I think it's Chris Conrath. And I was like, I asked him, I go, Did you get the beach bag on back then? He's like, Yeah, I got the beach bag. Like <laughs> Like, we don't want you to bring loose stuff on unless it's in this huge beach bag that we're going to give you, and you're going to bring it and put it in the car with you. And they're like the same trains as, like, uh, Fire fire, yeah, fire Chaser Express, fire chaser, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's so weird. That ride looks so funky, though. Man, I can't wait to ride that someday. It's, it's super It's super weird. No, oh, um... No. Unfortunately, Thunder I watched Dolphin... the POV, so I kind of spoiled myself on it, but... I, I did not watch any POVs of it at all. I knew nothing about it. My plan is not to watch a POV ever again until I ride it, though, so I can, you know, it's going to be quite a few so, years to, like, until I get to Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's okay. The truth is, look, 
my my wife and I both agree the best coaster that we probably rode on the trip if it's not if it's not um well, there's Big Thunder Mountain was pretty good obviously at Yeah, but it's the same thing as Disneyland though. Yeah, but I mean the theming's probably slightly better-ish some ways, but then Disneyland has new effects, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Cyclone at Toshiman was great. That ride was coaster? super fun. Cyclone at Toshiman. The log coaster. The velvet coaster. Yeah. yeah. I would never have thought that in a million years. It was super fun. Okay. It was, it was of the ones that we won on, like, I, I liked it way better than Bandit. I ne- never would have expected to have told you that. But we're getting on a tangent. Obviously, you robbed me of being able to talk to you about Japan, so I'm <laughs> yeah. go on way too much. So yeah, that'll go on Maybe forever. another day, another time, but uh, we should get to it because i got to get to Europe. So. Yeah, we got to get to Europe. So anyways, um, so anyways, you know, that was Fury. Other rides, we went on Intimidator. We rode uh, Afterburn. Um, didn't even ride the Flyers. I mean, honestly, we spent probably three and a half hours in the bar. Like, as soon as the bar... In the back of the park, opened um, at 12 noon, we started getting beers. Unfortunately, uh, that bar uh, closed before we were going to take uh, advantage of it. So, Or no, it was closed that entire day. And then we were going to go to the front of the park, to the other bar, but then they decided to close the entire park. So, yeah. as I said, we already had plans. We're going to do a three-day trip next year and, and hit up Carowinds and Atlanta again and hit up a fun spot in that, that George Coaster. So, we will have redemption. So. I would say, here's what I'll say about Carowinds. I think that it's... Grown a lot. Yes, they they redid the entrance again. Like, they're, they're redoing it again, again. Like, right now. Like, they're they're redoing all the roads again, which... And there's, there's a Cabela's that's, that wasn't there before that's there now. Um, it definitely has grown a bit. The entrance is a little bit... Is definitely a little bit better with Fury there to kind of, you know, give it some visual flair, but... It's still a really hot park. Um, aesthetically, it's still not my favorite park. I don't know. There's there's a bunch of stuff about it that I don't really love, and I just it's missing some stuff. It's missing some things, like it's missing like the, transportation uh, rides and. Well, they used to have them, but um... I know. I, yeah, like he's pointing. You know, my super weedy hot junior. Shout out again. You know, he's like pointing out like that's where the sky ride used to be, and then once you see it, you're like, yeah, of course that was where the sky ride was. Like, there's the two giant portals, and you know, you're like, wow, that sure would have been something fun to take. Sure would have enjoyed actually riding one of those. You know, like there's a lot of that there. You know, like yeah, I wish there was a train. I wish there was a boat ride around the lagoon where that crappy coaster is. Um, I don't know. Like, I I don't. I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination, but like my wife is not a huge fan of Carowinds because she thinks it's basically a huge, hot, you know, asphalt and concrete park with not a whole lot of like aesthetic attractiveness to it. And uh, I don't know, like I don't, there was nothing really about it this time around that made me want to disagree with that. I think the new space that they built for food is good. Um, where the, the, the bigger bar is, uh, some Harmony Hall, I think it is, right? Like, it's a nice space. They've got, you know, sh- show space in there. It's very similar to the 
beer hall that's over in King's Island. Um, definitely something they need because that place gets hot. So, I mean, you know, it was a great trip. Uh, you know, got to hang out with really cool people. Rides were fun. Um, so, two yeah. questions. Uh, how did you sure. like the Treble Clef? It's good. I'm Fury. And that's good. that element's so good. I love that element. It's, so it's a great element. Like diving, and then you dive in the tunnel, like, ah. Oh, so good. And just the speed that thing maintains is very impressive. That's what makes it for me. It's, it's, I'll say it once, say it again. It, I feel like it has close to the, not quite the intensity, but close to the intensity of Intamin with all the comfort of a B&M. Yeah. I, I can't picture how... I can't picture the argument of, like, how, like, Intamin rides are tremendously more, you know, aside from Intimidator 305, are much more intense, but they're tremendously, they're very different rides. And and I'd rather ride Fury 325 than Intimidator 305 any day. Any day. Like, it's not even, not even a competition. Yeah. And Intimidator did you, how'd you like, how'd you like Intimidator 236? I mean, I've been on it before. I still like oh, it. Oh, okay. I thought you hadn't been on that yet. Okay, never mind. Then. No, no, no. I've been on... Yeah, the only two things that I haven't been on at that park, coaster-wise, were Copperhead and Fury. Oh, I thought um, you hadn't been there in, like, uh, 15 years. Okay. No, no, no. I, I I was last there in 2014. That was the only time I'd ever been there before. Oh, so, okay. I thought, maybe I thought you said oh, oh, 04. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. It hasn't been that long. I mean, like, they've, you know, the other stuff they added with that flat ride package, which looks all right. You know, top scan looks like a top scan. Uh, wasn't running quite as much as the other stuff, like the Troika was. Um, I think they have the, like, the rock and roll flat ride, basically, you know, like a Swiss Bobsy, you know, type music ride. That looked good. You know what um, that part could use? A lot of things. A Mac Power Splash. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, like fifty percent of American parks could use a Mac Power Splash and fix their rapids, or whatever yeah. they had to do to it. Don't don't. I think it's still sitting there, right? Yeah, they haven't I demolished it, is. it yet. So we did, we also saw there were uh, cars for Firehawk sitting underneath the lift hill of Fury hmm. uh, three twenty five. So I was thinking about that out. earlier, though. Since those are the second gen, will the computer play nicely with it, or will they have to do a bunch of reprogramming to make them work with the uh, the prototype? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's like at least some common parts that they can take off of it and just strip the chassis right, and scrap whatever's right, left. Right. So anyways, let's talk about Europe. Enough about me. Yeah. So talk plenty. Uh, Europe. Let's do it. Uh, we're gonna just get out of the way the the last little kind of low. Uh, it wasn't bad low. It was just a low in the trip. So Austria went to Austria for a day. Man, was that a mistake? <laughs> I uh, I may have told you that this was a bad idea. For did the you record. really? Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't gonna listen to anybody. I wanted to go ride laser, which I did. Uh, but let's see how I got there. Uh, the night before, we'll talk about it later. But uh, I went to the Nuremberg Fair. Got drunk, as one does in, at a German fair with those liter beers, and uh, then uh, went to my car, took a quick nap uh, in the back seat because I didn't want like some G- German cop to come up and be like, "You're drunk in the car, DUI." I'm like, "Hell no!" Yeah, we don't need that. 
No, 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 no. Uh, about t- t- an hour before I got on my bus, realized that I had screwed up the uh, the date because I was leaving at like 12.45 a.m. And I realized, oh, shoot, <laughs> I booked it for the day before. <laughs> Luckily, there were three seats left. So, oops. Um, took the, what is, is it called a Flexibus? I think that's what it was called. Um, they're all over Europe. You, you see them all throughout Germany. I think I even saw them in France. All over the place. Um, which was fine, but I hate buses, so it sucked. Um, got some sleep, but not enough. And then um, arrived at, oh, geez, like 7 a.m. or something like that. Uh, since I had all the time in the world, just decided to walk to Warner Prater, which was about an hour walk. Uh, was because I was like, well, if I spend money on a cab, I'll just get there even earlier, and that sucks. And so uh, then I found out that uh, never do one operator at opening, at least on a weekday, because while they open at 10 o'clock. Um, the rides don't. Yeah, the, it, 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 it's whenever the individual operators decide to uh, show up and open up the ride. So, so it's a so very for those weird... who don't understand what Wino yeah. Prater operates, it's it's basically a, a picnic ground kind of thing, this big public park. And uh, it operates like a permanent fairground with a bunch of independent operators who all have their own attractions yep. and their own space, and they charge per ride. So there's no there's no ticketed price to get into to Prater. Right. But you have and to you pay just... for each ride inside, and it gets pretty pricey. Yeah, you just use euros, and uh, some have credit cards, some don't. Uh, they obviously have the famous Ferris wheel that's over 100 years old. Uh, that opened an hour early, so I uh, did that and got a Zen ride in one of those giant cabins, which was fun. That was nice. Um, but uh, then I realized what, what the ride's opening. So the final ride finally opened at 2 which was the boomerang. Uh, Ride-wise, coaster-wise, most of them were like five euros. Um, some were a little bit less. Uh, the most expensive was the boomerang of all the freaking coasters at six euros. Um, I'm sure that their prices uh, vary from how busy they are, just like a fair does. Um, the European fairs, they uh, tend to... It seems as like when I was at Nuremberg, it actually, when it was busier, they had a lower price, and then when it got... Later on, and they had a longer line or a shorter, like no line. They actually increased the price. Um, hmm. But I digress. Uh, what did I start with? Uh, I started with the, the the mouse, which is a mock mouse. Nothing to really talk about. Uh, Mega Blitz was very excited about this. Uh, my third Vacoma was that a Mark Seven Hundred track style? I yes, Seven Hundred. Yeah, yeah. I love those trains. Same trains that Chaos. And Revolution had. So I was at home in those things. Uh, man, the operator couldn't give him crap, less crap. He looked like he just wanted to be anywhere but there. Um, uh, I loved it. Wish I'd ridden the second time. Um, I'll talk That's about a really that. good ride. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Really nice and tense. Uh, since it was early and I was the only one on it, like it was running a little sluggish, I think, maybe. Um so uh, what was next? I can't remember at this point. No, the uh, the Pinfari, the um, super was it Superbon? Yes. Uh, yeah, that was that was fun ride. Um, 
Like it, 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 just like a bigger RC forty eight with lap bars. Uh, it was excellent. Like really good. Uh, another one I should have probably ridden again. Um, but then again, when you're going, you know, ride by ride, I know that at some point I will probably return to this park with Ariel, and I will be riding everything, most of the things, a second time. So I figured, you know, I'll just just wait until then. So yeah. Um. At this point, I can't remember what I did in order, so we'll just talk about them. Uh, did the powered coaster, the Durzug des Manitou? <laughs> I don't Sounds know. Sounds about right. It was like a, kind of like an indoor, like little indoor little uh, coaster mine train thing. It was uneventful. Some neat little theming. Uh, now let's talk about the three spinning coasters. Yes, three spinning coasters. Three. Yes. Uh, Number one, the Revitron was out of service. It had two cars on the track. One was on the service track, and one was in the station. And uh, despite being the first coaster you see, it, it doesn't look like it had been open for a while. So that's that's odd. Um, I haven't checked roller coaster or coaster count if anybody's ridden it recently. But um, of all the coasters to miss on the trip, that was one I just was like, well, I've ridden like ten of these in the last month. I don't really care. So. Uh, and I'm sure it will still be there eventually. Uh, the uh, oh god, you want to help me out with the scenic railway name? Uh, the Hochenbahnen. Hochenbahnen. Hochenbahn. Hochenbahn. So this is, I would say, of the scenic railways. Was this your first first scenic railway? Yes, it was. And I am hoping this is the, the tamest of them all. It is. It okay, That's good, exactly because to say you. that it is scenic is understatement. It is scenic as scenic. Um, wrote it once in the front it's, seat. It's, it was, it's fun. It was... I, I like it. It's it's a very, very early... Like, this is, a, this is an example of what I think scenic railways kind of initially were, because it's you go sure. through a mountain, there's, like, the peeing elves. Yep. At least they, they used to be... Are they still so there? So many elves. So many elves. Um, you know, stuff like that. And it, like, this is like, you know, everyone, I think there's a lot of people that think that like before there was Disney, like nobody themed rides as anything. And like, this is the obvious <laughs> example of that being a lie. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. Um, so yeah, I love it. Uh, I mean, how do you think, uh, Walt Disney got his, uh, where do you think he got the idea for Madden for? Yeah, exactly. Like, Definitely. yeah, like they they actually like he rode those things like in these way off foreign places. So, yep. yeah, it wasn't very intense. It had really cool scenery. Uh, I think it had like a water effect at one point. Um, again, the ride I should have read again, but when you're riding, paying per ride, you know, eh. I had a Zen ride with the uh, the operator. So, because he has the brake man. Go. Yeah, that was cool. Um. Going down the list, uh, other spinner, Insider, which is a Mars spinner. This is actually came from the park that you went to. Came from Tokyo Dome City. This was phenomenal. This was a very good indoor, indoor coaster. Uh, the beginning of it had like a funhouse section with really cool trippy like lighting effects and everything. So even before you got to the coaster, it was really, really cool. Um, and then... Uh, it's kind of similar to a mock mouse layout, but not really. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was 
it was very disorienting to go on that layout that I was very familiar with, but spinning the entire time. Um, it was probably one of the coasters I enjoyed more, to be honest with you, which surprised the heck out of me. Um, Masquerade. Uh, Gershaler, custom indoor spinning coaster. Uh, vertical lift. Um, it, it was okay. Um, it spun really well. I had a solo ride, and it spun very, very well. Not a lot of effects inside. I think it was just lighting effects, if I remember correctly. Um, and then a short in outdoor section with a little drop um, for going back indoors. And unfortunately, I think that let in, they didn't curtain it properly, so it let in a lot of light, um, which sucks. But uh, fun, fun, fun. Um, race is an SBF kids coaster. Um, <coughs> to be honest with you, I so I was just feeling so tired, and, you know, I, I'm, like, over two weeks in at this point. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, at one point, I broke down in the middle of the park, practically. <laughs> I was just like, what am I doing in Austria? Oh, my God, I'm so tired. I just want to go home. Uh, and then at some point after that, I rode this kitty coaster, and the the parents didn't want to pay to grow with it, so they had me ride with their their little child, and he was having like the best time ever, and that like picked me up. It was like, thank you, kid. You made the world seem happy for 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 the time being. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's all I remember about it. Uh, I haven't watched the POV that I shot of it. But uh, I'm sure that will make me happy just hearing him, uh, you know, scream and holler in whatever language he was speaking. Uh, probably Austrian, <laughs> obviously. German. Uh, German. German? Uh, okay. Yeah. As I said, at some point I lost track of what the heck people are speaking, which is fine because uh, most of them spoke English once you got into Germany and Austria and all that. So it wasn't much of a problem. Um, next up, uh, the Valer, the Zamperla Valer. It's not good. It's a slightly custom layout, pretty much the same thing. They just oriented things differently to fit it onto the site that they had. Uh... It's just it's worse when really bad. it's it's pretty bad. I, I don't think it's as bad as people call it out for, but like it's not good. And when you when you know how much you paid for it, which I think was four fifty, it made it worse. <laughs> so it was it was one of the worst rides I've ever been on. Like I uh, it like punched me good, in the face. Okay, I had a good ride then because I, I it wasn't comfortable, but it didn't hurt me. So, yeah, it's I I find it just a miserable fucking mess, and um, I you know I don't know what else to say aside from that I I fucking hate that ride. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. sent an email immediately to to Mark Rosenzweig, and I was like, "What did you have to do with this? Like, what what part did you play in this thing's existence?" I wanted answers. Like I was like, just not happy. Not a happy camper with that thing. Um, 
finally, the whole yeah. time I came to this park, Test Track, formerly the um, laser at Dorney Park, the first looping coaster yes. ever rode. So, like, when I saw it was at this park I was for the summer, I was like, I had to do it because what what if this is it this summer, you know? You never know with these older Schwarzkopf's, especially after what happened last weekend. <laughs> uh not to say that what happened it has brand new trains from um, Sunkid. Maybe maybe the park in Mexico should have these. <laughs> um, or whoever they sell it to now to get rid of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, they're not good trains. But at least they stay together. So um, it's actually this, the same exact trains that the Boomerang has. It's from Sunkid. Um uh, Obviously, with the wheel assemblies modified because you know it's in it's an inside rail for the Vacomas, and this has an outside rail, uh, or you know that the the friction wheel is the guide wheel is on the outside instead of the inside. Um, right, right. It, it's not that they're bad; it just doesn't have the Scorchkoff feel. It doesn't have the Scorchkoff sound. It doesn't have the Scorchkoff intensity even, and it doesn't have the memories. Um. But knowing knowing that I was on my old laser still made me really happy. What didn't make me happy is the fact that it's been sitting there for five months and they decided to do absolutely no like weed whacking whatsoever. So in the final turn, like the grass was literally higher than the track. It was like coming through the track. Uh, kind of poor in my opinion, right? But who yeah, cares? Yeah, not right? good show. I mean, they're probably like, hey, we're closing in a month. Well, we'll just let them uh, do it when we leave. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad I did it. Um, it didn't, like, tarnish the memories or anything like that. Uh, it still is an amazing coaster. Um, Dorney Park made a huge mistake getting rid of it. Shame on them. And uh, Stinger, the Stinger experiment really went well for them, didn't it? <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that went splendidly. Um, so... Yeah. Did you uh, get to do? Did you do any of the other things at that park? I should have, but I was. It was really expensive to do all this. This this alone was like what, like seventy euros, sixty euros, or something like that. Um, I sh yeah. I wanted to do the rapids because it's uh by I think it's by Ride Engineers or ABC Rides. I forget the. I think it's ABC Rides. Uh, which is putting it into lift. yeah, putting it into uh, so it's similar ride system that's going into. Silver Dollar City. Um, but that was closed most of the day. I don't know if it opened towards the end of the day, but uh, it was closed most of the day. Um, this is more of a night park, so eventually it probably opened. Um, and then there were so many dark rides, and I didn't know which one to ride, and I didn't really want to waste money on one of the bummer ones. So next time I go, I will research it or bring a lot more money. Um, I was also worried because I didn't want to run out of euros by the end of the trip uh, in case I needed cash. So I was very careful with that, and I didn't want to take out more money. I already had taken out enough for the trip. So that didn't end up being a problem because I ended up with like 200 euros, but whatever. <laughs> um, I want to return. I think this park will be a lot more fun with Ariel. So much more fun with Ariel. And uh, someday we'll return. So, But... Um, as far as getting around, um, you know, it was really easy. Um, I just walked, but 
Yeah, you know, if you if you're flying into it, you you don't need a car. Someone asked me on Twitter. He asked a lot about water, uh, about this park, and um, I can't really tell you what to do about. Uh, and it's English friendly. Most people spoke English, or you they knew enough for you to um, communicate with the uh, basic words that you need to know to go to amusement park. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I couldn't tell you a lot about what to do in Vienna other than I do want to probably spend more time. Uh, if anything, I, I would probably, if I, I, definitely just spend the day in Vienna and then come to the park um, later for the evening. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave to get on my train by six, so that wasn't a possibility. So I wanted to be done the park a lot earlier. That was my plan. My plan was to be done the park by noon. But you know, the boomerang didn't open until three or something like that. So that screwed me up. But um, I don't regret it, but it was very, very exhausting. All right, so the rest of the this trip report, we're just going to do some highlights. I went to a lot of small parks, and I want to highlight most of them. But uh, I'm just going to highlight the ride that I went there for and maybe something that was a hidden gem there. But we're going to go rapid fire, minute per park at most. Are All right, ready, let's do it. Are you ready? I, I right. got I got the list. So we all, right. we all go in, in, in order? Yeah, except for the one that I deleted on the first day. We started at Mer de Sables. Okay. Uh, this is right outside of uh, Paris, about an hour outside of Paris at most, uh, or half an hour to Disneyland Paris, north of it. Uh, themed to mostly Western. Two coasters, neither of them worth talking about, other than the fact my first coaster in Europe was an SBF Fiesta Spinner. Was not planned on it, but ironic, right? So, um, yeah, the, the highlight here is their dark ride. Uh, I cannot recall the name of it, uh, especially since it was in French, but it was the puppet dark ride. Um, it was like the last thing I saw on the way out because... I mean, doing these videos has really helped me because I actually see the entire park because I want to show the entire place off in my videos. And that allowed me not to miss a lot of stuff on this trip. And this puppet ride, I, I'm walking by and I see this puppet out front. I'm like, well, that's an interesting way to show off your, your dark ride or whatever. Like, well, it's a puppet. It's weird. I'm like, oh, it's a dark ride. Alan will hate me if I don't ride this. If he knows about <laughs> it, which you don't know about it. So I'll enlighten you. I did not, no. It's all puppets there have these complex rigs from the ceiling that are all puppets we're talking about some puppets that are you know doing the motions of walking in a circle with like many many puppets on that circle walking in a circle uh we're talking about puppets that are like shaking like the little little guys the little girls in the uh the little hula girls like shaking like that from like uh small world um mm -hmm. but puppet style um it was mostly, uh, it was just different themes. I mean, it just, it went through, oh, it was just so good. It was just so weird. And I was thinking, hmm, am I going to see more of these? Is this something that's in Europe that I was un unaware of? No. No, it isn't. And yes, it's worth going to. I, I say this is worth going to by far. It's very close to um, Park Asterix. So there you go. All right, let's move on. Day two. Park, uh, Park Le Paul, uh, yep. down in the south of France. Uh, it's, it's like four hours south of Paris, a little bit more probably. Uh, went here for 
Yukon Quad. This is an Intamin launch coaster. We have quad-themed bikes, very very similar restraint to Hagrid's motorbike seat. Uh, more intense than Hagrid, but obviously not themed as well as Hagrid. But really cool theming to the Yukon. Lots of boulders that you're skipping in and out of. And um, cool pre-show. I mean, the cars look fantastic. Uh, uh, one hint about this park that I didn't know after waiting an hour for Yukon Quad. Of course, they put a train on right before I rode. They put the second train on. That is life, right? But It happens, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a single rider, go to their Skip the Line Pass entrance. It shares the single rider line. Had no idea about that for my first and halfway through my second line. Um, so that's a tip and it's a, it's a zoo. So this place can get very busy because of the fact that it's half zoo, half amusement park, beautiful little park. Loved it. Another ride I want to highlight is Azteca, which is a socket family coaster. Socket is a French manufacturer. They've pretty much only built rides in France. This is the first of like eight or nine that I rode and absolutely loved every single one of them, including this one. This has had a Mayan theme, really cool. Kind of remind me of a Scorch <coughs> as far as the car goes and how they ran and sounded. Not as much intensity, but I, I loved it. Nice theming, great. Uh, this park also had the King Kong ride where, that Wal uh, Baba Wonderland has, where it kind of just tilts you up on this vehicle and the, the it's more impressive to watch than uh, actually ride, but... Uh, and I didn't have to wait in the long line at Bobby One Land because I just used a single rider line and got right on. So it also has a clone of the spinning coaster that um, Toverland has. Oh, okay. Called, called Twist. <laughs> All right. I was gonna ask about that. I, I didn't even realize they had a Max Spinner. Yep. Park same the layout. Yes. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, yes. Uh, so again. I didn't feel I needed the whole day, so I went here because it was close by. Uh, three coasters, Alpine Coaster. It was fun. Short, though. You actually could walk the entire height of it because the top of the park to the bottom of the park is the entire park. Or the top of the, the lift of the Alpine Coaster, uh, the Ferris wheel is up there. Uh, it has a Vacoma Boomerang Jr. It was okay, and a standard Vacoma Roller Skater. Uh, the, the, the gem of this was, though, it has playing on a stick, but unfortunately... I got there just a little too late, and they wouldn't let me ride. And I begged with the family in front of me, like, can one of you sit it out? Here's some money. And they're like, no, we want to ride. I tried begging with the guy. He's like, nope, I got to go. <laughs> so that sucked. Uh, but the highlight here is they have a train that about five minutes before I got to the park, I saw this narrow-gauge railroad. I'm like, that certainly can't be for the amusement park I'm going to. I have five minutes before I get there, and I have to go up a hill to get there. No, no, it is. You have to go. This train is like 25 minutes long, maybe half an hour, and you you start by going down lots of hairpin turns all the way down the side of a mountain with absolutely gorgeous views as this park is located on top of a mountain. Would I come back to it? Probably not, but it was definitely one of the highlights. It was a beautiful view. And uh, and then right outside of the park, which is not part of the park, I don't believe, they have a go-kart track that have go-karts that go 80 kilometers per hour. And uh, 
50 miles were, an hour, not bad. I, I was, they were terrifying. Or maybe it was 100, it was terrifying, Alan. Uh, the first, first three laps, I spun out like six times until I figure out how to actually control these things. Because um, I was afraid, I didn't know how much grip they would have, so I kept on breaking too hard into the turns and just spun out. Um, I might have also been riding the, the accelerator a little bit too much, but that was definitely worth it. Uh, it was, it was like a good like ten minutes for twenty euros or something like that. It was awesome. Uh, I'll POV of me spinning out a billion times whenever I put that video out, which actually won't be too long. So, yeah, the the, the airplane ride in Canada. It's very similar to what's at Tivoli Gardens. The airplane ride there. It's kind yeah. of like a, a a variation that they the French company made of it where. It looks like it has a fan on the back. You can you use the stick at the end of these huge arms that go all the way over. And it looks like it's since it's about forty meters in height. Oh, it's so, it's a different model. I thought it was the same thing. Uh, it says it's a French exclusive in collaboration with Universal Effects theming and surprising special effects. Yeah, I got to go back. <laughs> so, oh, regardless, it looked like. A, well, regardless, I wasn't too upset because I figured I'd ride something very civ very similar at Tivoli someday. Yeah. Wallaby Rhone Alps uh, went here for the Wood Coaster, which is a gravity group called Timber. It was okay. Not amazing. It felt like it was running a little sluggish. Interesting layout with two ac off access airtime hills. Unfortunately, the airtime wasn't uh, as intense as I was hoping it to be or is compared to some of these smaller G gravity groups. You know, it's it's a you know it's a 40, 50 foot tall ride. It was okay. Has a Bacoma boomerang with the Sunkhead trains with on ride sound. So that was awesome. Um, and then the last thing we need to talk about is one of my favorite coasters of the trip. Mystic. Mystic. This is uh, new for 2019. Gershaler Infinity Coaster. Uh, four row car trains themed to like voodoo and very well done with that. Uh, like there's like a laughing voice every time in the light. There's like a mask up above your head that lights up and uh, just like little cool touches around the station. Very, very nice. Um, vertical lift hill followed by a beyond vertical drop that has a really, really nasty cut to the left that gives you like these intense laterals. Um very nice. Uh, a top hat, non-inverting top hat, which uh, was phenomenal airtime. Um, and uh, then went to a zero G roll, and then a really cool diving loop with airtime into the dive. Um, a off like almost a uh, outside bank turn, um, not quite a wave turn, but still pretty intense. Um, and then a highlight of this ride. You do so think think vertical velocity at Discovery Kingdom, but instead of doing a 180 degree or a 360 degree twist, you do a 180 degree twist and saw upside down before returning backwards. Now you're wondering, how does it do this? We had a chain lift at the beginning. This wasn't launched. So you uh, go back over that off outside banking airtime hill, and then you travel over a turntable, very similar turntable to what's on Fury at Bobby Wong Land. Probably the same thing. 
And then you uh, go halfward, halfway up the dive loop, and then come back down and onto that turntable and turntable over to the uh, station. Got on this thing six times, and I could have ridden it 60. It was so good. Phenomenal Gershwaller. One of my favorite Gershwallers. Wow. It is worth going to it. Um, and then, um, so that that's that place. Uh, did a couple of mountain coasters. None that really need to be talked about. They were both short. Pretty intense. But I did this for two reasons. I wanted to get some creds in there, but I also wanted to drive through the French Alps. And it was fantastic. The French Alps are absolutely gorgeous. Um, and now I want to go ski in the French Alps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So especially and you rode your you got your first butterfly as well. It looks like. Uh, not yet, but eventually. Oh, okay, sorry. So, uh, and Yukon Quad was my nine hundred coaster. Um, moving on for Tistis for for. Oh my God! For City. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, the the highlight here is S N S L Loco, same layout as Steel Hog, but better theming. You drop through a tree for the first drop, so really cool logging theming. Uh, then you have a small Tivoli coaster, and then a Grand Canyon, which is a socket family coaster with a um, you go through a a big canyon and or big mountain and has some really cool theming and fire effects and uh loved it wrote it tw two times and i wish i could have written it a few more times uh also uh added in the last few years they have a intamin drop tower um that looks like a second gen but i almost classify it as like a third gen almost um it has four different sides sit down sit down tilting stand up with floor tilting and stand up floorless with tilting. So obviously I had to ride all four sides, right? So <laughs> clearly, yeah, fun um, little um, you know western themed park. It had like a little pirate section and a little Mexican section also thrown in there, but really fun little park. Um, and a beautiful setting inside of a valley. Moving on, uh, that is not correct for Friday. Did not do that. Um, park Saint Paul. This is north of uh, Paris, about mm, half an hour, 45 minutes. Uh, two, three highlights here. Um, Wood Express, another gravity group. Um, was okay layout. Airtime on all the hills. It was fun. Um, I mean, it's not that hard to get to if you go to Paris, so I think it's worth it, especially for the last two coasters I'm going to talk about. Formula One. This is a compact PAX coaster. Now, what is PAX? Who the heck is PAX? You've never heard of PAX, right? I mean, you have. They, uh, yeah, of course I most have. Most people but... have not. They are a Russian company. Uh, they are apparently still in business, but they are not making roller coasters anymore. Um, and they just did really quirky, weird-ass things, like steep-ass vertical, steep-ass lift hills. Like, like this thing had, like, a 70-degree lift hill for no apparent reason other than why not? Like double ups. Uh, this one has the weirdest thing as it has a bunch of wild mouse turns, but you go through all the straightaways at uh, probably maybe bank to the right at about 15 degrees. And then as you're going through the turn, you actually bank around to the other way. So by the end of the time that you're out of that turn, you're banked the other way. And then you stay banked until the next turn and 
keeps doing it. Very, very odd. Definitely check out my POV when it comes out. Um, it's really hard to explain other than it's batshit crazy. Uh, another, this park also has another PAX. Um, oh, and get to the park soon. I talked to the operation manager because he uh, kind of singled me out when I was on the uh, Samperla Minnie Mouse. <laughs> He's like, you're an enthusiast, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I asked him about the PAX coasters, and he said, they're difficult to keep going, and Formula One may be, yeah. It, Not long for this world kind of thing. Right, right. They just got Crazy Train up and running again after being SNLB for about a year or so. Uh, that one was fun as well. Crazy airtime, crazy transitions. They're not painful, though. They're just wacky. They they, they, I will say they, the ones I rode weren't as wacky as they look, but they were still ridiculous, and I just don't know how much I trust them. <laughs> Not the part, just a, the manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a fair, fair thing to say. I mean, you know, like the Russians were definitely very good at like building tanks and airplanes. Yeah, but roller coasters, not necessarily their specialty. So, you know, it's tough to say. Uh, and final thing they had here, they had this thing where you had to operate it yourself. You got on this this pole that had a disc on the bottom of it. And then you would lift it up a lift hill manually. It had even had like little anti-rollbacks on it. And uh, it's a suspended like thing that you stand on and you hold on for dear life as you swing wildly around the turns, and I also felt like I was way too tall for this thing, like I was about to hit my head or hit my feet or, or whatever, and it didn't help that it was raining that day, so the pole wasn't exactly um, dry, and it was kind of, you know, like I felt, oh my God, I was just like terrified that I was going to fall off this thing and the French would be like, God damn American. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, watch the video that I do this thing. This thing is like never, ever, like even the thought of this thing in America, people would just like go kill themselves if the park even thought about putting one of those in there. They would just be like, no, what? That you you can't do that. That that's impossible. <laughs> um, park du Bosch Basses. Uh, for another um. Further north, um, only thing I need to talk about here is it has two kitty coasters and a crazy mouse, but then it has uh, Fort Darin, which is another socket, uh, which they were actively adding theming to. This coaster is like 15 years old, and I love this about European parks that that even after the at, even after the this long this they're they're adding theming to it. Uh, they're, they're adding a mountain to it, like bridge sections, like fake bridge sections. Oh, it was fantastic. A fun ride as well. They also had a, uh, a, a mock mouse that went, or a mock log flume that had a vertical lift hill and backward sections. So that was crazy. Themed the dinosaurs. So yay, dinosaurs. Uh, it's got an interesting mix. You can look online and see it's got a pretty interesting mix of rides. Like there's a kind of strange, oh. janky dark ride. There's... Yes, the B ride. It has uh, a dark ride. Uh, how could I forget? It has a dark ride that has probably a thousand animatronic bees in it. And when I say a thousand, I am not underestimating, or I, I'm probably underestimating. I mean, 
Like, there were so many bees. He thought Hagrid has a lot of bees. This had a lot of bees. Um, it, it was kind of... <coughs> oh, man. <laughs> it, it was kind of uh, very uh, kiddish, but it was still a fun little dark ride. Um, so, it was fun. Fun little park. It surprised me. I wasn't expecting what I got out of it. Um, again, it was another thing where I didn't think I needed to eat all day at Park St. Paul, which I didn't. And this filled in the gap for the rest of the day and got me closer to my accommodations. All right. Bagatelle. This is very, very close to the, the channel. So if anyone wants to do this park, it's not that hard to get to it from there. Um, so this is the only park where this is one. I only missed four credits on the entire trip, and I two of them were at this park. And the par reason I went to this park, well, that park that coaster was closed. It has a vertigo uh, has a Vacoma boom vertigo, one of only four built. This is the prototype that actually opened at uh, Lisieberg. Um but it was down. It'd been down for about a month, it seems, from coaster count, and it opened. It seems like a few days after I went. So I wanted to complete the collection of all four in the world, and uh, that's why I went to this park, and it was not to be. And then I uh, tried to ride the Wacky Worm after waiting probably about 20 minutes and then got up there, and they were like, nope, you can't ride it. You need a kid. And I was just like, seriously? Just let me ride it. This is stupid. But um, the uh, amazing thing here is Gaz Express, another socket family coaster. Um, just really good theming, a section where you kind of dip below water. So, and then like there's waterfalls on either side of you that you only have to reach out a few inches to actually touch the water. So like when you're watching it from off ride, you just see people's heads, heads skimming across the water. Basically, that's how low you are, uh, underwater. Basically it's, it's, it's really weird and really cool. And the, like, indoor section with water, it was really themed well. Uh, only got to ride it once because it gets busy really quickly. Go to this coaster first if you're opening and not staying here for the rest of the day because, uh, yeah, it gets busy really quickly. Uh, I ran off to do the mouse really quickly because I thought, oh, that's going to get a long line. I should have rode this twice and then gone to the mouse because people did not get to the back of the park for a very, very long time, even by the time I left, after about two and a half, three hours, people still were not at the back of the park. So, tip for you. Um, also has another socket junior coaster, which was also kind of fun. Um, with coaster cars that literally looked like wood crates. Um, moving on, we went to Denley's Park, um, which had three credits. Um... Another socket, a family coaster socket, really good. You got to go around twice, which was nice. Um, it has Nitro, which was built by... Can you look that up for me? Um, Preston Barbieri. Right. So this is a weird coaster. Um, I don't know how... The, the, uh, Maria Bolandia has the same exact coaster, um, but I don't know how they operate. Yeah, I, I, I look at this and I go, I know what this is. Um, it's, it's Master Tie. I've been on this. Okay, so um, how did, let me explain how they operated this one. Um, they were running, uh, I think, six cars or eight cars. Either way, they were running, um, they were loading, they weren't, when I was got there, they were not loading two of the cars. 
I don't even remember where the transfer station was, but I guess they just keep them on when they're not running, when they want to make sure the cars are full. Um, they loaded all the cars and then dispatched all of them at once. And then you came back around and went around again because it's a Mobius coaster. But the loop goes through the station and you get to go around twice. Uh, the layouts are slightly different. Um, it duels, it races. Bank. Uh, like, it, like, banks really hard for whatever reason and really, really is not very comfortable. But the other side is rather smooth. Um, it was a really cool, neat ride. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I ended up riding it. I think I only ended up riding it once. Or did I ride it twice? I forget. But it was fun. It was worth going to the park for. And the park was charming. It was small. Uh, it kind of, like, it started in the small village that it was in. And, it, and then it felt like the park kind of took over part of the small village. And then you had to walk through that section of the old village that it's actually in then to get to the rest of the amusement park, which was kind of cool. Um, and then had a knockoff FBS Vista spinner, which was like, you know, a figure eight. Um, it was fun. Actually, the only difference that I could really tell was, was the turns weren't banked as much. And, uh, this, the seats, the rotation, it actually had motors to, self uh write the cars when they were done so some dude doesn't have to twist it around <laughs> so mm -hmm. so how did they operate the one in italy it's the same thing except they, they actually trailer the cars so there's a two-car train rather than single oh, okay. individual cars do they only load one station or the same thing load... yeah you go through you basically write it twice yeah you but go right they... through the station again so we no, we would literally load from the center, and they would fill both stations at once. They'd park all. Oh no, they didn't do that. They only oh, okay. They only have they only load the one side, and then you you go around the second time and race basically. I guess that's just because loading. of the one and two car train difference, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, it was fun. I liked it. It's it's a quirky ride. Um, at these parks, it works really well because the like everything else is quirky going on too. Um, so let's go ahead and, and move on. You did, did you do the Alpine coaster at this park deal all run? Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was okay. You started at the top of the hill and went down. Uh, the annoying thing about this is it's in a city park. Um, and the closest you can probably park, the very closest you can park is probably about close to a mile. And, uh, I mean, I power walked it and probably got, once I figure out where the heck it was on the way back, I power walked it and probably got back in 10 minutes. So expect to do a lot of walking to get back there. But it was fun. It was beautiful. Um, and then I went to City Park in Lille, France. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, Lille, uh, Lille, France, whatever it is. Yeah, close enough. L-I-L-L-E. -L -L -E yes, the, where they were setting up the fair that you went to. But uh, that didn't start for another few days, so I wasn't able to go to that, unfortunately. But uh, but the park yeah. was open, at least. Yeah, and I went to, uh, did you ride this last year, Shark Attack? No. So the, the park is not open when the fair is open, basically, oh. is what happens. So okay. there you go. So, uh, another Preston and Barbie uh, little mini coaster. It was a cute little park. They apparently just tore it apart a few years ago and completely rebuilt it. So it was pretty. It was cute. had a... Um, had a crepe with Nutella on it, and it was yummy. 
Um, and then walked around the uh, city citadel, which was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it was really neat. Um, what did I do on Monday? Did I do nothing on Monday, apparently? <laughs> Monday is gone. Uh, Monday's gone. Did you oh, go to no. Belward? Did you go to Belgium? Yes, that's what I did. Okay, thank you. It's Good. all. Oh, it, oh, I just had to rotate up. Sorry. Went to Belwardy. I don't even know what to talk about here. Uh, half zoo, half amusement park. Very busy again. Uh, and uh, don't park in the back entrance. Park towards the front. Park at the main entrance. Because uh, you want to start with the two Alpine coasters. Yes, Alpine coasters in Belgium. You ask? Belgium? Belgium's pretty flat. How do they have an Alpine coaster? They just put them up in the air. Yeah, they stilted it, and like, it, but but you had to walk up. In fact, that it has a lift hill, like every other Alpine coaster. You had to walk up these long ass ramps, which I'm not like I'm lazy or anything. It's just stupid, and you have to walk all the way to the top, and then uh, there no, it's it it controls itself, so there's no braking done by yourself. It's all automated. Um, never really picks up a lot of speed. It, it has horrible capacity. It just, it's not, not my it's favorite ride. Stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, has a terrible hoose drop tower. Wanted to ride the Vacoma, uh, Ripper Rapids because it's one of only two, I think, but mm -hmm. long line, unfortunately. So that, I was really bummed out about that. Has they the had a cool boat ride at that park. And a cool train. Yeah, I saw the boat ride. I, I saw it was one of those tow boat rides. I'm like, I don't have time for that right now. Uh, I mean, I had three parks on the agenda today. Yeah. Um, the first boomerang ever to open. Not the first manufactured, but the first ever to open. It was fine. wasn't that rough. Yeah, uh, pretty good. And then Huracan, which was really cool. Uh, this was a Zaire Force model, which uh, had a short outdoor section at the beginning. And then a really uh, somewhat intense indoor section with some effects, but not many. And, and um, on-ride sound. Unfortunately, my on-ride sound sounded very uh, tinty. So very distracting. Uh, that makes it worse almost. I'd rather have it off than have it sound like garbage. So That park, honestly, like, like that's a decent ride, but... I know that it used to be a Pirates of the Caribbean knockoff, and I kind of would rather have the Pirates of the Caribbean knockoff. But sure, it is sure. what it is. Um, stopped at the did you go to Plopsaland next? No, nah, I stopped at the Sea Park. Nothing to talk about there. It has a custom Tivoli that was kind of fun, but it was really expensive to get into this day at for half an hour. <laughs> That's, uh, want... that, that was Budoween Sea Park, right? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, it's it's a sea it's a it's a sea park, but you really there's like unless you see the shows, you really can't see any animals, which is bizarre. They don't really have any exhibits; they just have shows. Um, but um, yeah, uh, it has the same molds that the old Shamu Express had for the cars. So a giant tail in your face. <laughs> uh First surprise of the trip, and one of my favorite parks of the trip, no joke, uh, Plopsaland de Pan. Wow. 
so this is based on Studio 100, which is a cartoon for what is Flemish? Uh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the. It's it's technically it's technically a like a licensed park, right? But yeah. Um, but uh, not knowing any of it, and it not being like a nation, it's it's not like it's something. Like if it were like DC themed, I'd be like, I don't want that crap. I have it here. But like since it's something I had never seen before, I didn't really care. I enjoyed it. Uh, the theming here was just so good. Like their disco coaster. <laughs> Did you see my tweet? Yes. Uh, no. I I know this is you know like they have a. We we can get like here's a good example is the wood coaster. It's yeah, something this familiar, but not right. Like, yeah. This should have probably been in the uh, the, the Amazing Park podcast. Uh, well, then maybe, maybe we should probably push, push it to that then. Okay, we're going to push that to that before I get into it. Uh, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, yes. The next day, only thing we need to talk about is Billy Bird Park. Hemelrick? Hemmerick? I'm killing that one. Um, it has this weird ABC tube ride. Um, another ride where you actually had to uh, walk to the top of the tower, but uh, considering that uh, it's not an alpine coaster where every one of those you just ride a lift hill up, I was okay with that. Um, it has like bobsled seating cars. It, it's just a wacky ride. I saw it for I've seen it like it has it's popped up on RCDB as like the random coaster so many times for me. I'm like. Thing just looks cool. Goes over the water. The, the the tower that you have to walk up has this like funky architecture that's really cool. I uh, had a little bit of weightlessness to one of the hills, so that was cool. Just a seatbelt. Um, it was just really cool. Um, it's near Toverland, so uh, yeah, it was it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Um, also went to Dippy Doe. Attraction Park, uh, which was also close by. Uh, the reason I went there for is for Typhoon. Um, this is the only uh, Comet built by Zaire. Used to operate at Tivoli in Denmark. Um, it was okay. It's too across seating, but it just kind of felt like a flitzer. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Next day, Belgium, Wallaby, Belgium. Nice park. Not quite on the uh, top of the list park to talk about on the next podcast, but it does have some very good rides. Um, the Pulsar, the yep. Power Splash. Uh, you, you, if, if we were talking about a month ago, no one would know what the heck this is, but now that Six Flags Over Texas is building one, now everyone knows what it is. But let me tell you. Guys are gonna love it. It's fantastic. Um, I know they don't get the turntable, but it's it's still gonna be fun at least. Yeah, the turntable thing is so stupid for Texas. That is just beyond idiotic. Um, just just so stupid. Um, some seats get you wetter than others. The outside seats get you wetter. The front seat gets you way wet. But other than that, you don't get soaked. But um, I think it was an acceptable amount of water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I bought the pass, uh, the flash pass here, which operates just like the Cedar Fair pass where you just walk up and you get to ride as much as you want. 
um, Tiki Waka, which is uh, Parkscope Joe the Ride. Um, wait, that sounded wrong. Parkscope Joe's favorite thing, the ride. There we go. That's better. Oh, wait, that could sound yes. bad, too. Yes. Uh, Tiki the Ride, basically. It's a Tiki theme coaster. It's a uh, first Gershelar bobsled I finally got to ride. I loved it. The theming is fantastic. Uh, the layout is fun. It's like a wild mouse. Starts in a wild mouse and then goes off the rails. Um, it has uh, off ride. It has this little interactive walkway, you know, that's kind of meant for kids with the rope bridges and all that stuff. But I couldn't help myself because the pictures from there were amazing as it went over and under you on from this walkway. Theming was so good off and on ride. This makes me really happy about the future of this park. Um, I see really, really good things from this park. Um, even their re-theme of their boomerang recently, the Cobra, looked really good. Um, they have a Vacoma Woody with the only Vacoma Woody trains ever remaining. Um, it's a good ride. I think it yeah, was passable. It was okay. Um, lots of, like, high – a lot of the drops didn't go down to the ground, so very shallow drops on a lot of them. So that was kind of um, disappointing. Um, some airtime, some laterals. It was it okay. a little bit like a coaster works ride, is the way it would like. It reminded me a little bit of um, what was Hurricane. the ride? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. The trains themselves, they felt like a mixture of PTC and uh, it feels like PTC and GCI decided to have a baby. Yeah, that's about right. Yep, they're they're pretty. They're, they're decently comfy. I liked them. Uh, Psycho Underground. This is a Scorchkoff shuttle loop that's been heavily uh, renovated recently, um, completely enclosed, um, and uh, it's had re redone with new trains from Gershaler. Same things as Super Duper Looper. Cool theming. Cool little pre-show that was saying a lot of stuff in Belgium. No, uh, fr French, right? Probably. I don't know. Uh, could, yeah, there's there's a bunch of different options there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been Dutch. Who knows? I went to the 40 theater because I, I could skip the line past. They're like, do you want to go Belgium or do you or you want to go Dutch or French? I'm like, doesn't matter. I don't know either one. <laughs> yeah, um, it could be Flemish even, which is another option. So just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, it has a limb launch now instead of the flywheel. Um, so you actually roll out of the station a little bit and then you launch instead of launching from the station, which was kind of weird. But, uh, as far as that, after the launch, it felt pretty standard for a shuttle loop, which was awesome. You went really, I think you went pretty far up the, the, the back spike. It was kind of hard to tell since you were in a tunnel. Um, but is it as good as Montezuma? No. Is nah. it a scorch off shuttle loop? Yes. So is it still awesome? Yes. But I, I'm just happy it still exists. You know, there you go. Um, and then finally, Calamity Mind, um, one of the best mine trains ever themed. Uh, and my last ride, we, we uh, both went up the lift hill. It has ran. It can run three trains, but it was running two trains. It has two different lift hills, kind of staggered the same way Lightning Racer is. And our second ride, we met up perfectly, so we actually kind of dueled and raced throughout the ride. Really fun mine train. Um, one of the best rides in the park, probably. Got great dark rides and indoor attractions of that. Oh, park as yes. Well. Popcorn Express or Popcorn Revenge is a new ride this year. Um, this is a turnkey ride from Lytel. From who built this, Alan? I don't remember. Honestly, <laughs> we'll, we'll remember it for the next podcast. 
Okay, but uh, it's really interesting. It doesn't take up a lot of room. Uh, it basically makes a turn out of the station, and then it goes into a room. Imagine a, a, a hub of a, a wagon wheel, uh, and you go on to all the different spokes where you go into like a, a little interactive screen area, kind of like... It's Alterface. Sorry, Alterface is the company. That's there we what go. I thought it was. I thought it was very, very similar trains to, or cars to, um, or is that... Oceaneering did Justice League, right? Yeah, okay, I'm mixing up companies. Anyways, uh, and then you go into different little rooms and you shoot things kind of like Toy Story Mania, but with a more interesting, um, you know, it's popcorn that's come alive that's trying to get its revenge. Yeah, that's right in the name of the ride, you know. It's awesome, it's awesome. And then, of course, the last room, I was like, where's this popcorn smell? Like, there should be popcorn smell. And then we go into the final, there's another small little final room with some uh, theming and stuff like that, physical theming. Uh, that's where you get all the, the popcorn smells. And, oh, my God, and the gift shop. <laughs> the gift shop is trying to make you buy popcorn, I think. that's. I think there, there was their thought there. <laughs> And then they have uh, the Tut Ride, which is a Sally yes. Dark Ride. Dark, um, uh, track list has, depending on how you do, you have different um, paths that you take towards the end of it. My first ride, unfortunately, broke down. So I did go around for a second time because I wanted to get the full experience. Really good dark ride, really good sets, um, really good detail. Uh, lots of stuff happens when you actually shoot something, which I like. I don't really care about my score that much. I, I care about more that something more than just a light goes off happens. And th that's why I love Kenny Woods ghost manor so much. Um, so yeah, it was enjoyable and the park is enjoyable too. I could see it getting really better. Uh, this is the park that's adding a Intamin in the next few years. Um, the looper, right? Or is this the one that's getting the hyper? I forget. They announced both of them at once and I can't remember what, who's getting what, I think they're getting the hyper. Yeah. Asterix is getting the looper. Um, so uh, after Bobjo Land, there's a park called Mega Spielstad, um, which is literally like 20 minutes from Bobjo Land. And if you're an adult, you get in free because adults get in for free, regardless if you have a kid with you or not. <laughs> very nice of them yes 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 uh they have a butterfly and it's weird so a butterfly is like a shuttle coaster it seats two people face to face you get lifted up and then you get dropped and you go back and forth like a teeter-totter there are plenty of them in europe i passed plenty of them hell was i going to stop at anyone dedicated but uh this was just close to by, and it also had a powered, weird spinner thing that played lots of loud music and disco lights. It was cool. Um, be aware that they have really weird operating hours for both both rides. Like, I got there just as they were reopening the spinner for the day. So you might want to look into that if you are trying to run and gun. Efteling we will talk about later. Um, Slag, okay, we're going into... Actually, can we... Actually, can we we might need to wrap it up because I'm getting really, really tired. Okay, we've got well, like we are half done, of the trip still to go. We are done with Belgium then. <laughs> so goodbye, Belgium. Because we still got we still have Warbeak, Hansa, Hyde Park. Like there's like 
12 more days of the trip. Yeah. I'm pretty rapid fire though. For me, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's been it's been 45 minutes since we started the Europe part. Yeah, I know. Um like well, I have to go to work. I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I have to go to Knobles tomorrow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to get up pretty early too, though, for this thing. Yeah, but I I, I have to be up at five thirty. Yeah, I know. Jeez. So, um, we will continue this next week and uh, talk about Knobles. Hopefully, I'll see Kyle and Jenna and say hello. Yes. Yes. We have much more to talk about. Like a ton more. Yeah. But uh. So much, actually. <laughs> we have good things. We have. Well, actually, we will. This may this may get to like four parts soon enough. Yeah, um, that might happen. So yeah, that that could occur. Um, these things happen when you ride like coasters for a month straight. Yeah, that that, that does occur. And we don't want to keep these podcasts too long. So yeah. So, anyways, we will be back with everybody soon enough. And uh, yes, you'll hear more about Europe. All right, and uh, we'll hear about your trip to Cedar Point. Did you survive haunt? Yes, we shall see. The answer is going to be yes, almost definitely. Almost certainly yes. <laughs> All right, see everybody next time.